Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. And as always, I'm here with my main man, Just B. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. It's good not to be in jail. <laughs> and I ain't going back. <laughs> and of course, we have Jordan Brand with the collective star, Melissa. I have a question. Can we like switch the order of the introduction so I can go before Justin? Because he always <laughs> says something really wild. <laughs> and then I have to follow that. Like, <laughs> okay, so how am I supposed to explain that? <laughs> Anyways, congratulations on getting out, Justin. It feels good. Because I ain't going back. <laughs> for everybody who's probably like what the hell are they talking about <laughs> remember an old episode where Justin looked like he was in jail during the podcast <laughs> and that is what we're referring to it didn't look like I was in jail Derek I was at school which is technically my jail that I go to so every we had day a little, we had a little discussion <laughs> before we hopped on here and um I asked Justin, I was like, do you even do you even like teaching? <laughs> and I was truthful with that statement. I said that I like, I don't mind teaching. I just don't like being a teacher. There's a difference. Big difference. So if we can get more people to subscribe to the podcast, help Justin get out of jail. So you can do it the whole time. I mean, it I'm great. doing time. <laughs> I'm doing time with a bunch of other people. We all trying to get out. So are you talking about the kids or the other teachers? Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> For 25 cents a day, you can help bring Justin home. <laughs> That's all it needs. That's all I need. 25 cents. <laughs> How many subscribers we got? We can make that happen. <laughs> I mean, now would be a great time for more people to subscribe because the bulls are worth watching. There you go. Nice segue. I like that. It's like, hey, it, we started out rough. I mean, we're still... Six games under 500, but this team looks much better than what their record is now. And it's because of the play of Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and just the whole offense kind of changed moving the ball. Saying Zachary Duke. Man, we look good. Like, it's a completely different team. <laughs> completely different team we haven't been this excited since Zoe was in the lineup but yeah they're moving <laughs> they're moving they're playing like they care they're playing like they like each other <laughs> they're playing for each other there's actually defensive effort with consistency they are moving the ball there's off ball movement it's amazing it's they're getting like four or five touches sometimes and it's just beautiful it's beautiful what do you guys think is like, I mean, 
Okay, aside from like Zach not being with the team right now, do you can like are you all seeing anything else that you think that might be actually attributing to what it is that we're seeing as far as <clears throat> the product that we're seeing on the court and um just them winning? Like is there anything else that kind of stands out to you? For me, it's just like they actually are playing with pride again. I don't feel like I'm using the same buzzwords, but it actually seems like they care. Like they care about winning now and they're actually, like I just said, playing for each other. Um, whereas before <clears throat> it was kind of just the same, you know, ISO with Zach, ISO with DeMar, everybody's standing around. People aren't getting, the other players aren't really getting involved in the offense. Um, there was like zero off ball movement. So we're seeing things change up completely. Like. DeMar was back in the lineup after that one game and he adjusted right away. Like we had already talked about on the last pod. So he adjusted his game and the ball still moving every so often he does what he does best. And that's ISO um, when it's needed, usually in the fourth, I know he didn't have really have a great game the last time, but um, on offense that is with the clutch shots and some of the decisions were kind of questionable. Um, but we wouldn't question those decisions if he would have made them. Cause that's just what DeMar does, but uh, I just see them communicating a lot more too, which I, I feel like I didn't see as much either. And I, I, I hate to like, it's not, I don't necessarily think it's all Zach, but, but pre Zach, um, being sat out, I don't, I didn't, I, at least I didn't see them communicating as much. Like maybe that's the media coverage. I'm not sure the camera angles, but I see AC has always been talking, but you see a lot more of like Tori getting involved and most especially Kobe, like Kobe, since he's gained all this confidence, I feel like he, he feels like he's earned the right to be able to speak. And the other players have always said that they, you know, they do respect him as a leader. So him actually assuming the role and being able to speak on things that he sees has been really great too. And that's, that hasn't happened. That wasn't happening before. There was just no communication. It like, it all just goes back to feeling like they're playing for each other they're communicating like it's it's actually a team feel right now yeah for me I'm gonna say I don't see anything different other than Zach not being there like <laughs> it's not 100% Zach's fault but it all falls on Zach not being because without Zach there Kobe gets more shots and that builds his confidence he starts feeling that he's hey I can play I don't have to worry about Zach taking 20 shots a game because it's not here. So I'm going to get this ball up, which leads to Patrick Williams like, hey, Kobe can do it. Let me get in on the front. And you see Kobe encouraging Pat. He's talking to everybody. So it became more of a connective thing with the younger guys like, well, we got to pick up the slack because Zach and that's here. And it leads to them playing better. So I to me, it's Zach not being there, but I'm not blaming Zach at the same time. But it, him there is just causing a chain effect. Yeah, I, I'll go in with that um, too. Because, yeah, I, I feel like what happens is like the people from the media start to make different assumptions and they start to pile on. And because of people wanting to feed into negative energy 
the the normal thing that happened is that people starts to actually feed on and and you know go all in on that too. And I say that because when we think back to when the Bulls were actually successful before with Lonzo, there was a lot of people in the media who were like, "Oh, well, this that's not, that's not going to last." You know, it's it's early, like they're just catching teams off guard, and there was just a lot of negativity. No one really wanted to give the team any type of credit. And then once Zo got hurt, then you started to hear more from the media, like starting to pile on even more. And when I'm looking at like the situation with Zach and, you know, a lot of things have been thrown out with him not wanting to be here or whatever. I think sometimes we can just lose sight of the fact that with the way the Bulls are going right now, as you pointed out, Derek, is guys are just kind of being able to fall into their roles. And when I look at like the ascension of Kobe White, which to me wasn't really an ascension as much because I felt like we could have seen this from Kobe last year. It's just kind of like he kind of had shackles on him <laughs> to, for lack of a better term, because, you know, even when we were talking about not, not the playoff series, the play in series where it was like, he was balling out and then Billy just took him out. But I think with Zach not being there, it's kind of like just freed guys up to settle into something that's a little bit more comfortable for them. I don't know if I would necessarily attribute it to Zach being, you know, a negative. The only thing that I really say about Zach being a negative is that he wasn't hitting shots. And for the team standpoint, just about everybody wasn't hitting shots. Um, when you look at even like the free agent acquisitions, everybody was talking about Javon Carter and he was supposed to be like this guy who's hitting three point. He was terrible. You know, and he still has had like a lot of games where he has not shot the ball very well. Torrey Craig should have been another person who was going to be spreading, spreading the floor with the three-point shooting. It was not very good. But now with Zach not being there, you're taking the negative that he had from being a high-usage guy and not making shots and everybody else not making shots, and you kind of just switched that out with Kobe, who's just playing at a phenomenal level. And I think it's just allowed guys to like kind of just catch a, a breath, you know, they're seeing <clears throat> Kobe's balling out. So that's just kind of feeding the confidence of other guys to kind of just ride, be riding with the wave. And Kobe's done an excellent job of just getting guys involved. I, I like what I'm seeing from, from Kobe. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get your feeling because I, I hear a lot of people and I see a lot of people talking about what the negatives were on the team and like attributing it all to Zach. And I just didn't really see that that was the case from my standpoint. I think it was, it did have a lot to do with Zach, but, but just wasn't his fault. But, uh, cause he <laughs> is like, he was like our guy, like he was our guy, Zach. It's like our franchise, our franchise player supposedly, but, um, again, not, not, it's not his fault, but him being out of the lineup did, create all these opportunities for everybody else and gave all these younger cats confidence because of just playing time alone. And then kind of like what you were both saying and what we're all saying, like Kobe gaining that confidence and he's able to pass it on to, like you would see him hyping up Pat and Io. He gave Io his flowers that game they won. He said it was all, you know, it was all because of him. And that does, that's, that does so much to just boost your confidence, especially because, you know, Io's been getting a lot of criticism from last season and 
this season he's been playing much better, but um, from his rookie season, you know, people were criticizing him a lot from his rookie season down to last season, there was like a big drop off. Um, So just having your teammates being able to hype you up and have your back makes a whole it makes all the difference too, but more importantly, they're given the opportunity to shine. Like they're given the opportunity to screw up, but as a result, they're given the opportunity to get better too, which I think at this point, that's really all they needed. Io was shining his rookie year because Zoe went down. Like he had all this playing time. It gave him enough time to like get in rhythm, get in his groove. And he really found his footing and he, he got sent to all-star just Things changed up for him his second season. But anyways, at the end of the day, I think it's just opportunity. Yeah, I will point out that the Bulls are 6-3 and three without Zach with a plus 31-point differential. They also no, I put get... up more threes a game without Zach being on the floor and our first and clutch three-pointing in all of the NBA. No, I, I, I get, like, those numbers, but I'll also point back to if we just break down guys' individual games, Javon Carter has not been what people thought that he was going to be. You're, you're talking about somebody who a lot of people were saying, this is a dude who should be starting over Kobe. You know, that that was, like, dead set what a lot of people – I'm not saying that anybody here was saying that, but I'm saying that there was a strong consensus of people who were like, oh, yeah, he needs to be on the court, on the court and um, spreading the floor for those other guys to be able to set up their game. There were a lot of people who were, like, talking about um, Torrey Craig. When I look at the free agent acquisitions that the Bulls have brought in, they're playing better now, but – they were playing terrible from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. Like if you look at their ratings, like we, a lot of people are like, how come Javon Carter isn't on the court? He isn't on the court or wasn't on the court. Cause he was playing terrible defensively. And even like looking back at the games where Zach, where Zach hasn't been on the court, just watching his awareness and how he was going over to help on defenders that he had absolutely no capability of providing any type of help where his guy, he was losing sight of his guy and just leaving a wide open three-pointers. That was happening on a regular base. I remember watching that about two games ago, and I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> your man is over here rotating around, and you're still watching the ball. Torrey Craig, when you look at his defensive numbers, defensive ratings, those are just individual stats, were not very good to start the year. And it's interesting, with him not even being as good as he was, how he was able to take Pat's position away from him. Pat was sent to the bench. But there's just a lot of guys who have been able to, and I say a lot of guys, a lot of the younger guys have been able to elevate their game in the absence of Zach not being on the court. So it's, it's really interesting just watching this young core group continue to grow together. I know it's been a small sample size, but it's been very interesting that they've been able to succeed in many ways where those free agent acquisitions that people are looking at haven't had quite the effect that I think a lot of people even thought. I would even say with Vooch, you know, Vooch's defense in a lot of games this year has been well below league average. And you look at his numbers, he's shooting terrible from the three-point line, which we all know about that. Um, his 
um, field goal percentage. He hasn't been very effective with that as well, but he has been able to like work as an offensive hub to get some of the other guys involved. So, you know, a lot of credit just needs to go into those young players. I think just stepping up and, and providing um, some key plays with a lot of, a lot of the vets that we brought in that we were kind of, you know, thinking that we would be able to roll with easily. They've just been playing a lot better that way. For me, just like just the on the eye test, not looking at stats, just the eye test alone, seeing Tori <laughs> and Javon, when Zach was here, I saw them playing with a lot of effort. I saw them really doing all the hustle plays that the rest of the team wasn't doing because they were new to the squad. That's just, I'm not looking at any stats. I'm just, just what I'm watching on TV. I would see them diving for balls and cutting and switching and, and doing all the little things like going for deflections, like that the rest of the team wasn't doing. And to me, it felt like that's just because they were newer to the team. Like it's their honeymoon stage. They're here. They're excited. They want to, you know, they want to win, of course. And they came from winning teams, but as the season went on while Zach was still here, it felt like slowly they were becoming dejected by the lack of effort with the rest of the team. So from just the, just the eye test, I don't know how true that is statistically, but at least from what I could see, I saw the effort right away from the very beginning from Javon and Tori specifically, but it seemed like that, that whatever energy that Zach was bringing for whatever reason it was, which is most likely him and Billy clashing that rubs off on everybody. But these two are the new, two new guys trying to make a difference. Um, so, so for me, it has a lot to do with seeing like your franchise players player play a certain way, knowing he can play much better than he was playing. And I have to keep saying from what I think, I mean, it looked like he was doing it voluntarily. He was choosing to play how he was playing just to prove a point. And that may or may not be true. Maybe it's because he's injured. I don't know, but, um, to, to, if that is true and he was choosing to play how he was playing aside from his injury or, or including his injury, eventually that's just going to rub off on the rest of the team. Like why, why are you going to put in all this effort when I see like our franchise player playing this way? It's, it's very, it's just very demotivating to do that. So um, to your point about like the two, the, the new pickups not playing to their level that we expected them to, I, I think they are. Yeah, I thought that too, um, except for when I went back and I looked at the tape. And then when I looked at like their defensive stuff, like with Javon Carter, you mentioned like with the hustle stats. And that's where like, I think that people just have to be mindful of just going off of like the eye test, you know, because when we see people like hustling around, like it's, you do like start to buy into man, they're really like giving a whole bunch of effort, but I'm looking like, like Javon's stats. I'm like, if league, if league defensive average is 113, you know, since like November, it was like 133, 136, 134, 138, 134, 134, 131. You know, that's a, it's a lot of different breakdowns that weren't necessarily happening. Um, when Io was in there, for instance. And that's why we saw like with Io kind of leapfrogging Javon and getting more of those minutes. I started to like look back and I was like, how come Javon isn't getting as many minutes? Man, he needs to be on the court. We need the shooting. And now we you actually when you go back and you look at the the ratings, 
it gives you a, like a fuller understanding of the picture of what is going on as far as the team concept. And that's why I, I got to say, like, really with looking at the growth of, in particular, of IO and Pat and being able to come back and kind of like be the glue that's keeping this team together, especially when you think about the fact that Caruso was out um, for a couple of games because he was dealing with different injuries. Those guys have really stepped up their game. And it's interesting also looking at the effect of winning has on Billy because Billy looks a lot lighter. Like he looks younger. He looks more clean shaven. It looks like he's having fun too, at least from what I'm seeing, like whenever they flash to him. Um, so there's a, like, there's a lot of good feeling that's going on. And it really does start with those young guys really filling into those roles that I don't think that we were necessarily thinking that they would do, but I think in Zach's absence, it's allowed for them to be able to pick up the slack and it's a good thing. But what you're saying about like TC and JC, for example, I don't think we didn't pick them up with the intention of like, these are going to be the guys that are going to make this team work. They were supplemental pieces. I, it was always about Pat's growth and Iowa's growth and Kobe's growth. They weren't the problem solvers they were here to just help and they were supplemental because they were vets they had experience they came from winning teams so it's kind of like i'm trying to figure out how to say this but you you had mentioned i guess the expectations were different and my i didn't have those expectations for tori and javon to like solve these problems i know at the end of the day that it was this was more about like pat io and kobe's development because that's who we're investing in and those were the supplemental pieces Oh, no, I'm, I'm not. Uh, sorry, I, I'm, I didn't want to, like, say it in that way. But I'm just talking about in their specific role for what they were doing. You know, just going off of the stats, we're not, even, like, in those supplemental roles, we're not doing quite what we expected them to do. Even, like, with them leaning on Tory, for example, to kind of pick up the slack for Pat, who was struggling, and... Pat didn't, or Tori didn't last long, like holding down that starting um, power forward position. Because if you look at his stats, like he was struggling too uh, when he made that shift from being in the starting lineup. If you go back and look at his defensive rating and his offensive rating and just guys just not hitting like wide open shots. Um, and I don't think that that's something that gets talked about a lot is the fact that the team was struggling and there's a lot of things that weren't happening on offense, but as a whole, a lot of guys just were missing wide open jumpers. It was just very strange. Even from like from Zach's standpoint when he was here, there was a lot of um a lot of shots that we would we would think normally that Zach would that would be instant offense for him. Um and I guess it shouldn't be surprising because last year he started off slow, like I think it was 17 games in the year, and then he came on very strong. I think he was like hitting like over 50% of his shots, scoring like 27 points per game, you know, very efficient numbers. So it's just good. It is good to see, though. And I don't want to like sound like I'm coming off as a downer. It, it is really good to see the growth of Io and Pat and Kobe and seeing them just fill in those voids for some places that we thought that we would see, you know, a lot more, a lot more of a strength for the team, I want to say. Oh no! <laughs> like, I agree with Melissa on this. Like, Javon was supposed to be like microwave. <clears throat> he just comes in, gets up shots, and you no, know, 
irritates people on defense, picks up full court. He's done that. Four of eight last night. That's his role. His role is to come in and just jack up shots. He's your microwave player. Tory Craig, he hit five threes the game before, and he's been pretty good defensively. Uh, not when he was starting, though. That that just wasn't a good fit, and that was like the worst starting lineup in the league this season. He shouldn't have been starting, but that was Billy trying to do something because we were losing. So he took Pat out, played Tory. That didn't work. He put AC there. That really wasn't working. The AC was getting injured because he's playing power forward spot. So he shifted him back. And Zach got injured, so Pat got that spot again. Pat started playing a lot better when Zach wasn't there. And now Pat's, like, cement his spot as the starting power forward because of how he's been playing without Zach. So I don't, like, to me, they have done what they we brought them in to do. Um. Well... I don't really think of like Javon as people saying like, or I don't know if I agree with that, but just being like it microwave offense. Cause like when, when we brought him in, a big thing was trying to shore up the three point shooting. That's why like Javon was signed. He was signed for a reason. He shot 42% from three last year. He's shooting 35%. He's been shooting like, he hasn't been shooting very well from the field like the entire year. I don't know if like I would say that he was just brought in as like, oh, he's just a guy who's just going to get up shots. He was a lot of people are looking at him as being a good signing specifically for this team because of how efficient he was with shooting the three point ball. And so far this year, and I'm, I'm not saying that to pick on him. I'm just saying like the numbers are what the numbers are. He has not been very efficient shooting the ball this year, particularly from the three-point range. Uh, it's a good thing that Caruso has been shooting the ball as well as he's been shooting. But what I'm saying is, so far, the roles that we brought in those particular free agents, guys, they haven't necessarily hit the, with the consistency that we thought that they would hit with from you know, an efficiency standpoint. I don't think that it's something where their guys are going to be shooting that poorly throughout the course of the year, but that's not what Carter was brought in for. He was brought in because his three-point shooting was very good. Yes, he was also supposed to be a pesk on defense, but that goes back to what I was saying before. He was supposed to be a pesk on defense, but if you look at his defensive ratings individually, they have not been very good this year. And, you know, that I'm just looking at the stats. The stats are what the stats are. So as the year keeps going, I, I fully expect him to hit at what he is hitting at. But that's why I was saying, like, with having Io come in, who a lot of people had some concerns of why the Bulls would even have brought him back, which I wasn't one of those people, but a lot of people had that to say about Io and that contract that he signed too. It's it's kudos to those guys for stepping into those roles and just kind of running with them to provide some more support for this team. Dude, did you watch – Javon Carter played last year because he's playing yes, exactly I did. how he played last year. He picks up full court. He comes <clears> in. He'll shoot transition threes. That's why we brought him in. That's what he's doing. 
like I said last night, he's four of eight. He's not going to make every shot, but you know, he has a willingness to shoot. Mm -hmm. That's what we needed. People willing to shoot threes because we were dead last in three-point attempts. That's why we signed him. He comes in and you know he's going to shoot. He he talked about that too. Um, Javon Carter talked about that. being Knowing that his role is to put up more threes, like he wants to be a higher volume shooter because he knows that that's a gap. But um, what you're talking about, like with the defensive rating thing, um, stats are stats, but it doesn't always paint the full picture. That's all I have to say. Like it's, it's like when you see other your teammates just exerting energy. For example, it's not like they're just, it's not like Javon just running around the court and not doing anything. Like when you when you see another player on your team exerting energy and doing the things, those those hustle plays, it just rubs off on the rest of the team, which. I think has a lot to do with why everybody is is just playing tougher defense also because you know it's it takes just like one or two people to not want to move on defense we all know that like demar isn't necessarily known for his defense but he can't play defense obviously zach's not known for his defense um on ball defense yeah but when you just insert a couple of players that are willing to exert all that energy on defense between like the both of them the two new pickups those are, that's what they do. They are both pests on defense. And that's why with like Tori too, like that, that joke that we would, that Stacy would say about, woo, like there's five Tories all over the court. Cause he's just everywhere. It does not always show up on stats. Stats are there for a reason, but at the same time, it's not always painting the full picture. Like last, last night we beat Philly. The people played good, right? Like Kobe had a good game. Pat had a good game. They were all negatives and plus minus. The whole starting lineup, negative. The only positives was Caruso and Javon Carter. Io was a negative 23. Did Io have a bad game? I don't think so. But those stats, they just don't ever tell the full picture. You got to watch it. <laughs> I, I watched the game just like you guys watched the game. And, yes, Javon has been a pest on defense, man defense. But we're talking about team defense. Javon has not been one of the better team defensive players on the – better guys defensively on the team from a team standpoint. We're talking about him signing. And I'm not saying this – like, I don't want this to be like I am just like – coming down hard on those guys. What I am am saying is that I expect those guys to even get better throughout the year. So far, they have not, from a standpoint of efficiency, been where they're at. If things continue, I fully expect for Javon Carter to go back to the regular percentage that he have of being a higher percentage three-point shooter. That's all I'm saying. I am not saying that he has been terrible. I am not saying that he hasn't had some good moments on the team. What I am saying is that I expect those guys to get better and show the full reason of why they are on the team in the first place and deserving of minutes. Because we had all been talking about the fact of what if he was such a pesk on defense, why wasn't Billy playing him? Why wasn't he getting him more three-point shots when we were all like, well, we need three-point shooting? 
he hasn't been shooting the ball very efficiently. That's all I am saying right did you well, really pretty, just well, Zach, was, well Zach was on the team he just wasn't getting as many opportunities because obviously they were the ball wasn't moving <clears throat> and now that he's been sitting out because he because of his injury or whatever Kobe just so happened to step up so there has been like less reason for Javon to take as many threes as he was used to and of course they're going to get better the both of them are going to get better as the season goes they should be getting better as the season goes on because they're both new to the team Everybody's learning a new system, but those two especially are learning a brand new system. But the Bulls are complaining. They're playing completely different than they have prior to. But these two are just completely brand new to the team. So, of course, there's like an adjustment period, too. I think what we're, we've been going back and forth about is just like the expectations that you might have had of them coming into the team. Um, maybe that's where we're <laughs> that's maybe that's where we're clashing, but. Yeah, I do expect them to get better as the season goes, as they become more used to their teammates and their roles, because the roles have been switching also. Did, did he really ask why Billy was not playing somebody enough minutes or getting them enough shots? It's Billy. He's still an idiot. That shit doesn't change. Yes, the team's playing better, but Billy still does dumb stuff. Billy still pulls people when they're cooking and sits them down and keeps them out for too long. He still had games where he's not calling timeouts when he should. That's that's still going to happen because we still have Billy. I don't I don't understand that question. Like it's Billy. That was rough when we had those two timeouts left. Oh my goodness, we had two timeouts. You don't call one. Their defense was already set. You might as well have called a timeout and tried to draw something up for Kobe. Mm -hmm. Instead, you have Kobe running a screen and roll with Vooch and Vooch driving for a layup. Before a game winning shot. Yeah, that was it's dumb enough. stuff like that that Billy yeah. still does. Like we want to put, we want to ask why Billy did something. Come on. <laughs> this team wins in spite of Billy sometimes. And we've all known that for years. <laughs> now the bad thing is, while we're talking about Tory Craig, is he's going to miss like 10 weeks with a planner fasciitis injury he'll be immobilized for four weeks and then another four to six weeks for rehabilitation that's a big hit to this team huge because he was a key piece off of the bench with his defense and shooting hustling running in there getting rebounds like and veteran presence, too. Did you see Kobe giving him his flowers? Yep. Corey Craig was calling out defensive pointers on the bench last night. Mm -hmm. He was just very, he was just communicating constantly off the bench. And and Kobe had, um, I think I saw, it might have been Casey quoted something that Kobe said about um, how much he's going to miss that impact because Tori is always in constant communication with him, especially on defense so um again to the point of like 
you know, stuff doesn't always show up. It's not always about stats. Like there can be other ways that players impact the team that don't necessarily show in stats. Stats, again, are there for a reason, but it's not like, I don't think that it's like a live and die by black and white thing. A lot of times stats are there to help paint a narrative, but if you use it the right way, I mean, you know, you use things with, you use things with context. Um, so yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to miss him for the next up to 10 weeks ish or so. So hopefully he gets better, makes a full recovery and takes the time he needs. In the meantime, Julian Phillips minutes. <laughs> See, you would think, but Billy's been playing Daylon Terry. Yeah. It hasn't been playing Julian. I wouldn't mind both of them getting more minutes, honestly. I know I know, we have opinions, uh, <laughs> some strong opinions on Daylon Terry, but I think he needs more minutes. He had a decent game the last time. Um, the last game was pretty decent, so I think he just needs more minutes. I don't know. We'll see. But I want... I want for them to at least have opportunities Dalen for, for Dalen to have more opportunity and Julian, obviously too. The thing is, does Dalen or Julian get minutes or does this injury kind of help them speed up trading Zach to get pieces to plug in Tory's place? Yes. No. Maybe so. Justin, been quiet. Uh, it's kind of hard to um figure out what the Bulls front office is doing. They've been very secretive about that. Um, secretive as far as like, you know, giving any real direction of where this team is going. I I still would like to know like um what is going to be happening with Zach, but it, it just depends on what the market is for him. Um, a lot of people are saying that there is no market, but you know, for a person who is uh, terribly efficient with scoring the ball and teams wanting to make a playoff push and teams really not caring about first round draft picks and giving them away. Um, I think that there's more of a market than what the media is saying. So we'll see. Now, I know Justin hates the the D'Angelo Russell and Ruhachi Mora package. I'm with you on that. Um, I've seen people throwing out Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes on the first round pick for Zach. Deal or no deal. <laughs> I say no deal. <laughs> I'm open to it. Why is that? Um, heard I can help with three point shooting. Barnes is a pretty good vet. You can get a pick. I mean, it doesn't seem like we're getting much more than that or ruin D'Angelo Russell. I know you don't want any of the the Rockets players. Or, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I see like Hep Porter can help with three point shooting, but you know, just watching his games in Sacramento, a, a team that likes to get up and down on the floor, uh, since he signed that contract, I don't I forget whether or not he signed the contract 
with Sacramento or he signed it with Atlanta and then they was traded to Sacramento. Um, I haven't, at least for this year, I haven't seen, like he hasn't been shooting the three point shot very well. Maybe his change of scenery would be good for him, but we'll see. I don't know much about what his game other than that. Um, and then like, where would he fit? Like, would, would you be starting with like, <laughs> Coming off the bench, like what? Off what would he be doing? He'd be replacing Tory Craig for right now. I don't know. Unless you're you're just cool with Dalen Terry playing about twenty five minutes. And... I feel like they're not going to do anything for that to to plug in for Tory. That's just me, though. I, I feel like they're not going to do anything with that. For that reason, at least. I mean, sink or swim for Dalen Terry. Either prove you belong or get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. It's one of the two. I don't know if the front office is that willing to give up on their first round draft pick like that. It's not like he's Carlique. Because essentially like the front officer would have to have to admit that they just kind of bombed on that that first round pick. I don't know if that's something that the front office wants to do. I mean, what was he like the sixteenth pick? It was not like he was a lottery pick. Sometimes those guys don't pan out. Well, why the why the reluctance to <laughs> move him now? I mean, I throw him in with Zach. <laughs> if you get rid of him with Zach, go ahead. I mean, it's it's not like Patrick Williams where they picked at four, and they don't want to give up on him because they picked him in the lottery. Is it's like a sixteenth, seventeenth pick, or whatever he was, eighteenth. I don't even remember. I think it was the 18th pick. I yeah, it was the 18th pick. 18th pick. I don't remember pick. When, when they called. I would, I'm not that well-versed when it comes to, like, who who was available for the draft at that time, but I do know that when they called his name, I didn't know who he was for sure. I didn't even hear. I had never heard of who he was at that time. But <laughs> We were in the Bulls locker room for the draft party, and when they picked him, everybody was just quiet, like, yeah, nobody Ooh. knew. We're all kind of looking at each other. Not we. No, nobody knew who he was. That doesn't necessarily say anything. We're, this is no shade to Dalen, but yeah, we didn't know who he was. So it's not one of those things where I think they're going to be hanging their heads because that didn't pan out. But I don't know. I, I still think that he. I still think there's potential there. I haven't given up on him. I really do think that he just needs more opportunity. For real, I do mean that. Um, he's been. He's been doing some things off kilter and is very out of control sometimes, but um, the willingness is there. <laughs> the energy is there. So we'll see if that actually translates to anything um, when it comes to being efficient. But uh, he had that one drive. That was pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, well, he, he scored a basket last night. <laughs> And he's been doing decent in G League. And I know what we, you know, I know 
what that's all about. I mean, we had Carly, he's a G League MVP, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind giving him more of a shot between him and Julian. I'd rather see Julian. But I'd just rather see Julian. I don't understand how all of a sudden Dalen Terry leapfrogged him in the rotation. But it's Billy. Julian has definitely shown more control, though, out of the two of them from the small sample size that we have of the both of them playing. So, again, I just want to see both of them play more. because It's just such a small sample size for the both of them. But from that small sample size, yeah, Julian has definitely shown more promise. Like, Kate, just... No, no <laughs> preference between um, Julian and David. I haven't. Um, I haven't. I'm. I'm not really um, knowledgeable enough about either one of their games to really comment. Well, I'd say just give Kobe the keys and let everybody else follow. I think so. That's a good Team seems to be. <laughs> they seem to be work. It seems to be working right now. So. I mean, they showed last night the um, the point leap from last season to this season, and Kobe is leading that with like seven point some points more than last season, where he was averaging about eight, and now he's like over seventeen. I mean, Maxie's on there, but it's not a, he went from twenty to twenty five, so. Kobe has a bigger leap than Maxi. Uh, the case is there for Kobe to win most improved. And the agenda now is for Bulls Nation to get Kobe to the All-Star game. So get your cell phone, your tablet, laptop, get your ass to a desktop, wherever you need to do and vote Kobe for All-Star. That man has been on fire. Franchise record, which just came to an end of a streak of 14 games where he scored more three or three or more three pointers. Only there's only like five players that have done that in NBA history. And one of them is the greatest shooter of all time is Stephen Curry. So go give that man his flowers and get him to the all-star game. I don't know why. I don't know why Zach is on the all-star promotion for the bulls, but I I was curious and I looked up like threes, the stats for threes um for the franchise the other day. I posted on Twitter. And in the first 28 games, Kobe has hit 89 threes. Um so that puts him at 649 made threes, which he's currently ranked fifth for the franchise. Um next up is Scotty Pippen with 664 threes. And that's in his 12 seasons versus Kobe's five, which is crazy. So I, I I just felt like doing a little math and I know it's not really realistic, but if his percentage doesn't drop off, his three-point percentage doesn't drop off and his attempts don't drop off, he's projected to hit another 174, uh, 171 more threes, which at that point he passed up Ben Gordon. Um, ben Gordon, who also played five seasons with the Bulls. So that's 
crazy <laughs> considering how much of that came from just this season alone. Um, so shout out Kobe. And also it's not just all shooting too. I mean, he's been, he's been assisting too. He's been facilitating. So he's been consistent with the assists. Just beautiful to see. Rebounding too, because he's been flirting with triple doubles the last couple games. Yep. I mean, he's turning into a it's turning into his team. So, so that's I, what we talk about. It's really just about your will to want to do better. For him, like like we've talked about before, we were kind of I I personally was kind of indifferent about him possibly leaving last the beginning of last season, but that was only because of the situation we were in. I knew for a fact he was going to get better, but I just didn't know if we had the time to wait because of all these trade talks that were happening. But now, like, <laughs> like yeah, it's kind of like Kobe's team for the most part. I mean, he's been the leader in all of these games since Zach. So it's just beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see what what hard work can get you. Him, like we've talked about before, putting in the work with dribble too much and Peter Patton, like he, we would kind of joke about his handles before too, just cause he had like, you know, we would talk about his shorter wingspan, like that he couldn't dribble. But now like, even last year we would see little flashes of it. I would, I was making jokes like Kobe Iverson, like you would see little flashes of it, but now he's like consistent. And um, I really noticed that a lot more with the game against the Sixers of how he was able to like change up the tempo and the pace. Like he was accelerating and decelerating as he was dribbling. I tweeted about that too, but um, you can see it. He was speeding up and slowing down and like Embiid didn't really know how to guard him. And he was able to just navigate through that, which I wouldn't have believed that like two years ago, just seeing so much growth from him. So can't talk about Kobe enough. Shout out Kobe. Send him to All-Star. Yeah, man. The Bulls need to get uh, dribble too much on the training staff. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Have him work with everybody in the hands. And this team will be a lot more fun. Um, see, the Bulls had four-game win streak. Had that snapped. Beat Miami. Lost Miami. Then beat Philly. So, still a pretty good month of December. And now the next, I think, six games are at the United Center, the holiday homestand. And it starts tomorrow against the in season champions who raised a banner last night and lost to the Knicks, <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I definitely need a win against them because <laughs> I think we're going to win against them. I feel it. Yeah, we need that because yeah, LeBron and he's <laughs> like we beat him. So after Lakers, we have Wimby again with Spurs, uh, Cleveland, Atlanta. Indiana, and then Philly again on the 30th. All of these games are in Chicago. Now, I'm, I was joking with uh, Matt Peck last night. Shout out to 
Madden, Big Dave, CHDO. Uh, you know, Matt's talking about, hey, it's team still six games under 500. I'm like, well, if we pull off another four-game win streak and we're two games under 500, then it really becomes fun of can this team get over 500? And with the way they're playing, it's possible. <laughs> At the full circle. The full circle. It's possible. It is possible. I feel like Tori's going to hurt us, though. <laughs> I feel like Tori being out is going to hurt us. but Yeah, that was before the Tori announcement. <laughs> yeah. But it is possible. <laughs> it's possible as long as, you know, DeMar passes the ball. Almost shot us out of last night's game. <laughs> yeah, it's always so hard for me to criticize Demar because he. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was not his game. <laughs> it was not his game. I so forcing this. I mean, at least he hit the clutch free throws to seal it up. Hmm. So when when you're looking at the schedule, um, I'm looking at a lot of. I think it's more possible because you're looking at a, a couple of teams that are. I don't want to sit like, I guess in turmoil like Cleveland. You know they have Garland who's been who's injured now. I think there's somebody else who's like a prominent starter who might be out too. Atlanta is going nowhere fast, and that Dehonte Murray signing really did kind of just set them back really um because it doesn't seem like there's been really any kind of chem- chemistry between trey young and the murray um the lakers like you were mentioned were celebrating an in-season championship i never thought that i'd ever see something like that actually occur for a proud lakers organization um but yeah i i question like with the and san antonio like how many games does san antonio won? It's like three Maybe four games this year. So Did I think definitely snap like a fifteen game losing streak not too long ago. Yeah, but it was against the Lakers. I mean, so <laughs> that you know, <laughs> the next four games are, are they're there for the taking. Yeah, they're <laughs> the Spurs are last in the West. They're four and twenty. Yeah, four games. So. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Cleveland, um, Evan Mobley is out, Garland's out. Um, that's a crazy oh, injury, Garland. That was a broken jawline. Oh. Um, I think Wimpy set out the Spurs last game, so I don't know if he's going to play. This makes me wonder, like, with what's going on in the East and the fact that. You know the 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 Bulls have played um, some top top level. I mean, I honestly like when I look at these records in the East, I think that it's a little bit. Um, it's not giving you like the full picture because even though Milwaukee has a good record, they are not very good as good as they were defensively when they had Drew Holiday and their depth also with missing um, 
I forget the name of that. Everybody who we hate, who's on Phoenix right now. Who, Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen. Like that's really hurt them defensively. And I'm looking at Boston, which we haven't, I don't, we haven't played Boston this year. I don't think so. But like, you know, they signed Christoph Porzingis. I don't know. Like, can you really depend on Christoph Porzingis to be healthy? And, you know, they have some death issues with that team as well. But Chicago's played Miami very, very tough this year. They played Milwaukee uh, tough this year. They just beat Philadelphia. It makes me wonder, like, and I'm not saying like the front office was right with the whole continuity thing, but it makes me wonder, like, should the Bulls be thinking about just blowing everything up and getting draft picks, or should they be actually be trying to go as far as they possibly can? Um, to kind of build off of the momentum that they're having with the the young core that's coming together, kind of at a crossroads with that. Well, we know that the front office does not want to blow it up. That's more so. Some Bulls fans are like, "Blow it up!" But I think, but AK said he wanted to see how the team looked after the Zach trade before taking calls on anybody else. So they're still trying to compete. Go for it. Now the question is, does DeMar sign an extension or is he going to get traded? Yeah, that is the question. Between DeMar and, and Alex even, well, if we don't end up trading him, will he stay? I don't, I mean, you know, when I, I look at like the situation of like the people that you mentioned, I think Caruso, in my opinion, you know, and I, I know that Damar is going to be a free agent, but I question like, well, where else are you going to go? Like if you can get paid a good amount of money and still be that option as far as scoring the ball that Damar wants to be, like, I don't really see like his fit. Like, you know, how like certain players are more important to the specific team that they're on. I don't know if DeMar goes someplace else and he becomes as important as he is on the Bulls team. Like there's a lot of people who talked about him going to New York, which I don't really see a big fit there. Um, in LA, I mean, he, I know people mention LA because a lot of people want to, in the media, want to try to give LeBron as many weapons as possible so that he can make a run because it's good for the media product to have the Los Angeles Lakers be talented this year. But as far as like where he's going to go, I don't know if there's going to be a team that he's going to go to that he's going to have as much influence as he has on the team that he is right now, let alone getting on a team that's capable of getting to a championship. So I don't know if I really see um, DeMar going anywhere. Yeah, I guess it really just depends on what his goals are. Like, he's going to be now entering, like, the tail end of his career. Is it going to be – I mean, he's a competitor. Is he going to want to go to a team that's contending to, to end his final years? Or is it more important for him to be a mentor to the younger guys? Is it more important for him to get paid? Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. It's hard to say. I think it really just depends on what his motives are. But uh, it's hard to say, <laughs> like, I, I can't really speak on it because I know if I, me personally, if 
I was someone like DeMar DeRozan, who is just hyper competitive. I would be okay to take a little bit of a pay cut to go to a team that's contending. Um, Cause I would want to go out fighting for a championship, but not everybody has the same motive. So he may have may or may not have made been happy with the money he's made throughout his career. Some people want it for the the status. Again, some people for the money, some people for the fulfillment of being able to pass on these little gems to like what he's doing now with like what what he's been doing with like Io and Kobe and Pat. He's been working with them diligently. So yeah, it's tough to say. Yeah, well, it's even oh go ahead. Well, the reports have said that he wants to stay with the Bulls and the Bulls still want him here. It's just that they are far apart on money and years. And if they don't reach an agreement by the trade deadline, then they would move him. It's always hard for me to like put too much stock into that. Yeah, I, I love that he said that he wanted to finish his career in Chicago, but it's almost like you almost kind of have to say stuff like that. Not that I don't believe him, but of course you you can't. It's hard to say anything otherwise um, because you're just going to like, you know, your fans are going to, you're going to lose your fans too um, and your teammates. But I, I don't know. That's tough. We, we, we're going to have to have some, we're going to have to be able to free up some room to pay him too. If he wants to be paid equal to what he's getting paid now, or even a little bit more. If he, you know, if he's looking at other options, he wants to get paid more. There's so many things that factor in. Just like Drew Holiday said, he wanted to be a buck for the rest of his career. And yeah. Milwaukee said bye. Right after. <laughs> right after. Yeah, and I don't even I think that that's the too. best. Remember Grayson said something about that too, something about him. I forgot exactly what it was, but something along the lines of him not going anywhere. It was going to be the last time for a while. He's going to be changing teams or something like that. And then the next thing you know, gets traded to <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> And he even like quote tweeted his tweet, like laugh, making fun of it, like making fun of himself. I don't even know if that's the best thing. Um, that trade, it's for Milwaukee. It, it was always weird to me when you look at Dame's career and just, gosh, he is terrible on defense. <laughs> you know, I stayed up and watched a lot of Portland games and he's just not very good. And, um, you know, I, it makes me wonder if, like, Milwaukee had it to do all over again, if they would even make the trade to bring him on the, to the team. Um, but it's it's interesting looking at, like, players moving around the league and the situation that the Bulls find themselves in, even with um, Zach's situation, um, because it, whatever team he lands on, the Bulls are going to be taking away from that particular roster, um, and it's going to be hard not going to be hard. It is very hard with the way the league is kind of penalizing teams um, with, you know, paying the tax levels. Even with, like, mention of Zach going to L.A., um, you know, that front office, they don't have, like, the same resources as far as money-wise. It's like a Steve Ballmer over with the Los Angeles Clippers or whoever is the head of um, – the Golden State Warriors. So like moving Zach's contract, it becomes an issue. And it makes me wonder, like, for both parties involved, is it the best thing for them to even 
entertain it? Or is this something that you should just kind of work out and may, maybe revisit for next year? You know, it's, it's just kind of tough with the way things are laid out for this year. Um, I mean, the report say, okay, Mama said there is a scenario where Zach stays with the Bulls this season. I kind of think it's too late for that, personally. Like, for all the things with him not wanting to play for Billy and how he's just looked uninterested on the court and being open to a trade, it's kind of too late to walk all of that back. But who knows? They might feel like they can get more value for him in the offseason. I'm almost feeling yeah. that that's what's going to happen, that he's going to get moved in the offseason. But I, it's just a, it's just a very small feeling because, again, the front office is so unpredictable. I can't really even – there's so many different conflicting reports about, yeah, there is a market. No, there's no market for, for Zach. So, um, yeah, who knows? I think part of, like, the reason, like, that this is an issue and – I know like people are quick to jump on Zach, but I would rather the front office have been like in a full, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. You know, somebody told me once before, like you can't work on your tan while you're swimming in the ocean. You know, you got to decide, are you going to go swimming or are you going to stay in the beach and work in on your complexion? And this this Bulls front office, this kind of just like have one foot with rebuilding and one foot with let's continue going down this path. I just wish that like they would just fully decide what it is that they're going to do, which is kind of like why we're in this situation to begin with. Um, but the reason why I bring that up with um, Zach is because as much as fans are like, you know, get him out of here, blah, 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 blah. I think that this team and what we're seeing with Kobe, what we're seeing with Pat, and what we're seeing even with Io, who people were down on for his year last year, is that narratives can quickly change. Um, it just depends on whether or not you're willing to, as you brought out before, Melissa, just work, put in the work. Um, so that's why I look at this situation and I look at the way like the teams are set up right now there there's no clear cut this is the best team in the nba right now um and if you can add let's say you work out differences in a in a perfect world if you can add a 26 per game score who shoots 50 percent and 40 percent from three that's a pretty lethal combination to have with kobe on his ascension so just to, like, that's why I'm like, I, I don't know how much all of this makes sense for anybody involved. And I just wish that there would be some kind of clear cut direction that the team finally decided to go into. Even with continuity, it's like, yeah, we're going with continuity, but we're going to develop young players, but we're going to lean on these vets. Um, so it's just like pick, make a decision and go down that path. And that I don't think that we've fully seen that from this front office yet. I think that things are getting better, but just would like them to decide. 
And they might have already decided we would never know because if, if anything we've learned with the history of this front office is they're not transparent <laughs> about anything, about yeah. the injuries, about the direction. I mean, they said continuity, but like even the injuries with Zoe going down, with, with Zach being injured, with this extension, secret extension of Billy Donovan, like they, it's if it's one thing, we know that they're just <laughs> not transparent with the fans, the stockholders, none of that. So, um, Or even with them into like, even with their players, it's like, you know, if if there are whispers about whether or not they could build around Zach, that didn't start, you know, last year. There are people who are thinking about that. At least if you're a good business person and you know what you're doing, you would be taking those types of things into account, you know, in advance, not, oh, he's up for an extension. Well, let's let's see. I don't know. Let's put it out there. Is he really you know, a number one or, or whatever. Like, there's just been a lot of noise that's coming out of Chicago. But, you know, I just wish that they would just decide, like, what are what are you going to do and just move forward, whatever it is. I mean, they came in um, and, like, flipped that whole team to where Zach and Kobe were the only guys left from the Garpax regime. And the question then still was, is Zach, my number one player. He played well enough to earn a max contract, but they still were never sold on him and always checked the trade market. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I mean, <laughs> like the side, what do you, what, you know, just, it's okay if he's not, if you feel like he's not, then fine. But like, that's, that's what I'm talking about as far as, um, you know, making that clear cut definitive this is who we are. This is where we're going. Um, and the, the weird thing is that the only definitive thing that this team has done was make Billy the head guy. <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's just weird. I've never seen a situation like that before. But I mean, You're talking about a front office that is still holding on to hope that Lonzo Ball will play next year. Yeah, I mean, like, and also, like, I don't know. I don't know, like, the full numbers. Do they have that $10 million exception? Or, like, yeah. what are we doing with that? <laughs> you know? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. They're, I just they're sitting on it. So, for what? Like, you know, are because you just going to, like... <laughs> it, it, we go into the luxury tax. But it's like, okay, are you are you a team that's going to try to contend? Like, you were saying, oh... Well, let's look at what we have. And well, now you see what you have. You actually have a pretty competitive team, minus the fact that Caruso has been injured. Zach hasn't been on the court. We've, we've been saying this for a while, that the Bulls have more talent. It's not the talent that people wanted them to say, because I remember when people were talking about Drummond signing, and they were like, oh, you need you know more of a rim protector. Well, he gets out and he gets steals. He gets rebounds. Um, but then... Billy didn't play him. So, you know, it's. Yeah, we already know they're not going to spend any. <laughs> we already know Jerry's not going to go over luxury tax. And he, like, you know, he said that <laughs> once we're a contending team, which we're not. Then <laughs> the Bulls have been a franchise since 1966. They paid the luxury tax once. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, perfect world 
Zach buys Billy a pack of gum and they make up and he buys into playing how the team's been playing without him. And you it would have... work in a perfect world. It would work if <laughs> if everybody just squashed the beef and nobody had any type of ego and you just played right into the system because Kobe's kind of assuming the, the Lonzo role. I mean, it would work. Right. I don't know if it would have to be a, a, a perfect role. I think it would just have to be a, a world where men existed and they weren't passive aggressive. Uh, like, I feel like LeBron James is running this team sometimes. Like, everybody's just so passive aggressive, you know, like sending out <laughs> just these di these different um, feelers out there that can be taken, you know, different ways. Just, I feel like in a lot of instances, this could be solved if grown people just acted like grown people, got in the rooms, you know, hashed out your differences and just moved on. Um, but it's not necessarily looking that way, but. Justin basically just said, put Billy and Zach in a room with boxing gloves and tell them to figure it out. <laughs> like grown I didn't allude to that. You know, it's <laughs> funny because I had a student who came up to me a couple of days ago and he was like, yeah, Mr. Butler, you remember that time that you said that I could punch so-and-so in the face? And I'm like, where did you get that from? Like, I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't. I'm not saying that they should put on a boxing gloves. What I am saying is that the people in charge should act like they are in charge. I don't know who, I know that like, AK is the vice president and Mark Eversley is the general manager, but I still don't know what Mark Eversley even does. Who's making decisions? Like there should be a definitive who's in control. Let's get into a room. Let's talk this out and let's just move forward. And that is one of the things that I want to be happy about what's happening with this team right now. But I think that we need somebody to do that like you all were mentioning before with Damar like almost shooting us out of the game that should be a conversation that your head coach or somebody in charge should be having <laughs> with people um and that's my only thing like with watching Kobe's ascension that I feel like he's kind of just put things on his shoulders and just taking it to another stratosphere I would like for there to be some kind of collected effort to make sure that everybody understands that this is the way we are going to play. This is the way this team is going to operate from now on. And I just haven't seen that from this team. And that's what scares me about okay, getting rid of Zach and like getting some draft picks and some other guys that, whose contracts we probably don't even want anyway. You know, you got to have somebody who's in control making those decisions, who's charting a, a pathway for this team for them to be successful. So. So no boxing gloves, just go and bear no boxing gloves, just just yep. go and bare fist. Okay. Bare fist, yeah. Because <laughs> even boxing gloves, that's, you know, that's passive aggressive. You just handle it like a man, you know, need boxing gloves. If you really have a problem, just. Man up. Zach Punch versus right Billy in the, in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up.
street fight brawl <laughs> to hash out their differences. <laughs> as suggested by Justin. Well, that is exactly what I said. Well. <laughs> that is exactly what I said. Punch him right in the baby maker. Yo. <laughs> Shout out to Zach uh, and Hunter who are <laughs> expecting their second child. They announced on Instagram <laughs> earlier. That was smooth. <laughs> that was so smooth. <laughs> That was smooth. Props. Did you guys discuss this before? No. That was a really good transition. <laughs> Speaking of baby maker. <laughs> Got to think about the two kids now, Zach. You going to get with the program or get ready to raise them in Cleveland somewhere. You want to be. Detroit. Detroit? Yeah, get ready to... Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck in Detroit. <laughs> okay, but honestly, like, if you're if you're really thinking about this situation, where else is he going to? You want to go out west and, and okay, you go on Sacramento. You got to, like, get past Denver. That's not going to happen for, like, the foreseeable future. You go to the Los Angeles Lakers. If they fail, it's going to be your fault. If they win, LeBron's going to get all of the credit, you know, and it's not going to have anything to do with you. LeBron's like, what, 38, 39 years old? How long is he going to be a highly effective player in the NBA? And then once LeBron leaves, you're stuck with AD? Like, that can't be, you know, the life for anybody who is a sane person who's supposed to be having another child. So, like, just work out your differences, man. And they could do good things in the East. Uh, this team has already shown that they can be competitive. We already thought that they could be competitive, and they're doing it without a guy who averages a lot of points with Caruso, who is not healthy or hasn't been fully healthy. They might go out and win another four games minus Tory Craig. And then, like, what? We'll, we'll be sitting, like, four and a half games out of, what, six? Is that what you said before? Probably something like that. Uh, I think we're like a game, game and a half out of the last playing spot right now, at six games under five hundred. I think aren't we like in a similar spot that we were last year? Yes. Last yeah. <laughs> With a better team. With just a very rough start. Yes. Yeah, it was a very sucky start. I mean. Let's be real. If you look at the landscape of the Eastern Conference, can anybody tell me that they really believe that Orlando is going to be one of the top teams left standing in the East? No. Indiana? Indiana, no. as well as Halliburton has been playing and then playing in the end season tournament, I think they're what? Maybe three games above 500? I mean... What are we talking about? And we just saw with Philadelphia, as great as Philadelphia has been playing, it really, it comes down to Joel Embiid, Maxi, and a bunch of other C plus to D minus players. So. Yeah, Atlanta is in the last playing spot at 11 and 15. We're 11 and 17. The Pacers are one game over 500. The one game. 
Brooklyn is ninth there at 513 to 13. These are your top teams in the Eastern Conference right now. Does it really make sense? I mean, when you're really looking at the broad landscape of the NBA in the Eastern Conference, I don't think that anybody really should be tanking. <laughs> Except for Detroit, but they have been tanking for a long time and they're not very good at tanking. So like Cleveland is six at the last guaranteed playoff spot, but they're gonna drop without Moby Mobley and Garland. Yeah, not only that. Donovan Mitchell does not want to play there. Yep, I was just about to say Donovan Mitchell <laughs> doesn't want to play there. That's why it's like good luck in Cleveland because maybe you switch Zach for Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> no, you think that Donovan Mitchell <laughs> is gonna give up the ball to Kobe? Be like, oh yeah, it's Kobe's show, and that's another thing with these other players that they might bring in. No, Donovan Mitchell wants to go to Miami anyway. Oh, I'm just joking with that, but. Yeah, he's he's been wanting to go to Miami and Cleveland got him and now he's like, yeah, I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, so where you want to raise those two kids at, Zach? I mean, Chicago's like the best city in the world, man. <laughs> or Detroit. <laughs> Who are two and twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> They've lost twenty-five straight. <laughs> I just think that, like, you know, there just needs to be self-awareness from Zach Levine and the front office. You know, they need to like stop acting like it's like a homeless dude with no teeth wearing a t-shirt that says i don't date fat chicks like no you need self-awareness okay zach you're not a number one but you're a good not a 1a that could be a good 1b good two player that's perfectly fine bulls front office you're probably not going to find anybody who is of that caliber that you would be giving up for zach so just Self-awareness. Understand who you are and work out your differences. So is Kobe the 1A and Zach 1B and Damar 1C? I think that that's the way it should work. Zach is Kobe's team now. <laughs> get with it or get lost. But Zach has said on, on several occasions, even when Kobe first got on the team, he was like, that's a dude that he could rock. You know, he has said he likes playing with Kobe. Um, you know, and from what I'm seeing in the NBA, as much as I don't, don't like Billy Donovan, and I think that he's at best average, there, there's a lot of average coaching in the NBA right now, too. So, you know? True. <laughs> just work that mess out self-awareness all in line it's Kobe's team From but don't you want it to be his team 
Yes. Like, don't you want a point guard that can like set people up? Isn't that the perfect world that everybody wants to play with a point guard who can set them up and get them easy shots? Yeah. So where are you running to? Kobe's figured it out. He's the cheat code. Allow him to be the cheat code. There's no, there's no shame in that. He already secured making however much money he's making, which by the way, as much as people complain about Zach, I mean, what Jalen Brown's making like what 300 million? Duke can't dribble left-handed. So there's worse contracts that are happening in the league right now. Just self-awareness. Work it out. Allow Kobe to be Kobe. It's working for Billy. Billy's not screwing stuff up. Surprisingly. Surprisingly, Billy is just like, <laughs> okay, you know, he's, I am not a good coach, but I need you to save me. He, he screwed that last Miami game up. Well, yes, he did. <laughs> like, he he's did still screwed up. <laughs> but he's allowing Kobe to, you know, do his thing. So. Yeah. From but narratives can change. You know, everybody wanted us to re-sign Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly was going to cook last night. Yes, he was. He even tweeted about it. <laughs> Did you see him tweet about that? It was like something, something about, I need beer, I hate losing, or something like that. <laughs> Oh man, like they didn't even have to guard him. Like, like whatever, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Just go be a family man, Pat. Get in contact with your wife and children. Go sit down someplace. But yeah, um Kobe, most improved player in all-star campaign, full effect. From Sub-Zero to La Flama Blanca. Shout out Adam Amin and happy birthday to him. He coined that phrase. And happy birthday to Tory Craig, who Justin was dumping on earlier. <laughs> on his birthday, man. On his birthday. I wasn't dumping on it. I was calling out stats. On his Maybe birthday, I should just make man. up the stats. I'll make up the stats <laughs> next time. I will come up and just make up some stats. And uh, just be like, hey, you were you were playing amazing. That's why you lost your job. You know. Wish you well. But he just acted like men and weren't so passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said that that I thought I was pretty direct with that. If he if he wants to refute that, have him come on the show. I, in fact, yeah, I'm being aggressive, Tori Craig. You want to refute that you were playing badly at the beginning of the year? Come on the show. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Tori Craig. I do wish you well, though. I hope you get better. <laughs> we need you back. Heal up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got the Lakers tomorrow and. Duh. <laughs> Dub. <laughs> Lakers tomorrow, San Antonio the next day. Is Caruso healthy? So back to back. Uh, Caruso is not, uh, fine, I guess. He finished was he like he was game. okay? How many points do you think Caruso gets uh, tomorrow? 
gives his whole team 10 12. Well, I think he puts Austin Reeves on lockdown. Awesome. Reeves is going to get lit up. <laughs> He's going to get lit up. Um. Yeah. So next three is Lakers, Spurs, and Cavs. Followed by Hawks, Pacers, and Philly. One more time. All are at home. So that's one. Six games. Predict on the first three. Huh? I'm gonna I'm gonna go three and zero on the first three. I'm gonna say um five and one for all six. Who's the one L? I think Indiana gets this. Six and zero, and we're above. We're at we're at five hundred to bring in the new year, and I can watch Matt Peck and go crazy about the Bulls. No. <laughs> the five hundred. I can't give a prediction yet. I want to see how they play with Tori without Tori. Ah, uh, we got left wing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I only want to predict on three first. Let's see how these first three turn out. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's three zero for the first three, and we'll see. Well, I was gonna say that with um, Indiana because I think Carlisle just will figure out a way to out coach Billy. So that's the uh, that's the only L that I was thinking of. Damn, I'm gonna three zero. Good point, (laughs) Melissa. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll record again before. Oh, six of those games are complete anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll break that up into the first three. Also, I think people just have, like, their scouting report on Kobe now, too. Like, he's he's getting so much buzz that I'm sure people are – teams and coaches are going to be more prepared on how to cover him. Yeah, you saw it in that Philly game. Um, they were, like, throwing all kinds of defenses at him. And the great thing is it didn't matter, you know. The one thing that I appreciate about – Appreciate about Kobe, which we didn't hit on really in the in this um, podcast, but him not turning the ball over, but just how he's not turning the ball over. Because when he finds himself in certain situations, he knows where his release valves are. You know, it's just like, hey, let me find Vooch very easily. Let me just reset the offense. And that's one of the things that I, I really do appreciate, aside from like the scoring um, and the rebounding, it's really just his basketball IQ right now is operating on a on a totally different level, um, more, much more than what I really anticipated coming in from last year. Like I, you saw the ascension, but his basketball IQ right now is just off the charts with recognizing what's a good play and what's a bad play and not forcing things. Um, so again, that's why I say like if you have a point guard who's doing those things and making life easy for you. Zach Levine, you need to stay your behind in Chicago. Not to mention the defense where he was like the main reason Embiid missed that last shot that he took last night. 
crazy. Yeah. Straight up. Come at me. He had to duck out of the way when Embiid. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was like the worst flop of all time. But <laughs> when and she they saw call it flop. <laughs> Embiid does that nothing, but Vooch kind of got shoved a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he got that flop and tech. Not Embiid. That man is always on the ground. It's a foul merch. But yeah, that didn't stop Bulls from beating them, so take that indeed. I did find it it was so I did like that he gave him his flowers at the end. We don't know exactly what was said, but you can tell the tone. Mm, that was really cool. That must have been a huge moment for Kobe. Told you he said, see you at the all-star game. <laughs> True. Get to it, Bulls Nation. Vote Kobe. Man, yes. Till the next time, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Let's go. We're dr-